episode two? Yep. Whenever you ready. Well, ready. <laughs> Don't step on my line. So I was like, oh, she's doing it. <laughs> Fine. Welcome to the Poet Salon, a podcast where we talk to poets over a drink we prepared especially for them. I'm Luther, find the lighting hues. I'm Gabrielle Bates. And I'm Duji Tahat. Last week, we talked to Cassandra Lopez about elegies, form, and grief. And this week, we've asked them to bring in a poem by someone else for us to talk about. Cassandra chose the poem, Birds of Illegal Trade by Benjamin Garcia. Let's go. Birds of Illegal Trade by Benjamin Garcia. To be a trader is to trade. Take, for example, the blue macaw of my childhood, traded for two rocks of crack and a dime of blow. My block raided each week by waves of drive-bys, waves of cops, while I sprayed raid on roaches, white powder on fire, ant mounds, bed bugs, through nothing though nothing aided into Houston's fifth ward. The hyacinth macaw was added, intensely blue as it allowed only to royalty. I felt like a traitor just to behold it, tied to the T of a laundry post. Misty canopy traded for a man's pit-stained shirt strung on a line. My brothers and I would have raided the house if we could, taught the bird more than cuss words. The owner stated, my pit bull's gonna eat your face if I catch you here again. The bird ate it, the medley of banana and guava from our own front yard. The image hasn't faded. A royal blue macaw, lazuli, cabolt, sapphire. None of these would I have traded for the view through my chain link fence clutching the rusted wire diamonds added to my mind like a cigarette goes through a t-shirt like the sun visible through baited reaches the fourth floor siren lights whirled through their their blue as the police raided his shotgun house we relieved our knees to lift our palms surrender style faded we could rub the crosswire patterns off but the smell of iron stuck to us and hasn't faded Thanks so much for bringing this poem. Why this one? So I remember when Ben was telling me about this incident and telling me that, you know, he's from Houston and I'm from Southern California, but, you know, there's some shared experiences in the sort of environment. And we were sort of talking about our experience, and he mentioned this macaw, <laughs> and, <laughs> and like just out of and some of the memory that he had had. Mm-hmm. And then, so when I seen when I actually read the poem, mm-hmm. so to, from him to tell it to actually see it in a poem, you know, I think he was able to capture like the you know it was like the surrealness of <laughs> this bird, this sort of exoticness being and then being in this neighborhood and that has this sort of grittiness and so i think like 
I, that's great like in poetry that you can capture those settings or those images right that are you know sort of press against each other and um and that are like you know or that's and i write also uh, had written a lot about my childhood and you know something that sticks out to you and you know you can come back and turn it into a poem (laughs) (laughs) you know um you know i really you know can appreciate that how do you know ben we met through Cantamundo. <laughs> um, oh, actually, he we met. He was in undergrad at University of New Mexico. Well, I was at grad school. Um, later, though, we 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 sort of got to know each other more through Cantamundo. So we it's been you know uh, a long sort of friendship, kind of like across the year yeah. <laughs> yeah i love that you brought in a peer i think there's so much of um some of the, your own work i think is sort of it's interesting to put them alongside each other i think there are a lot of like sonic uh mm-hmm. parallels and it's probably why <laughs> attracted <laughs> yeah the reputation the like there's a repeating images there's like that relentless sort of a sound like throughout and in his work, like if you look at some of his other work, he's a great he's a great poet, and and I you know like I'm I will be so happy when his book is published when he when he gets a book published. But he he does a lot with language, like trading, like of this trade is to trade trader is to trade. And some of his other work, those those sort of like breaking apart of words, mm-hmm. you know, see coming in um, or. Um, coming back to the words and looking at them in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's sort of like uh, one thing, his style that I see happening and I appreciate, you know, I think and it's like this, that play with language. Yeah. The form of this poem is so interesting. The whole thing is in these couplets where the first line of every couplet rhymes. So trade, traded, raided, raid, aided, added, um, all the way until the very last one is the only one that doesn't rhyme. But um, I'm just I'm so interested in this as a form and how Ben is able to keep that rhyme from getting monotonous or grating or feeling forced. I don't think I've ever seen a poem in exactly this form before. And I think, um, like as I said, like some of his other work also is playing with that rhyme. And I think that's really hard to not like like there's a balance where it's like oh it's too sing-songy or too like you don't and that's not gonna work so i think it's you need to have that balance there and sometimes you don't know when you cross the line so it's it's, you know that's like a a interest to me when i see people also doing that as well Yeah. yeah it is its own kind of risk right yeah I love that poets are bringing rhyme back. Like, I feel like everyone's been talking about Jericho Brown with his new book that's about to come out um, and other poets embracing this formal ability that for so long was looked down upon or yeah, uh, just very out of style. And I think it's exciting to see it creeping back in and showing us how powerful that move can be. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself using rhyme as like a trick in your own writing? I will try it. <laughs> and there's a yeah. couple, but I'm I I I feel like that's a skill that I'm learning. <laughs> and I'm not necessarily comfortable and you know with with it um 
as I said, like I've tried to do some some poems in um, in form that have maybe have rhyme, and I think that sometimes is a is a good challenge <laughs> to and and then you can say and then that's the thing you can always say well this didn't work out I guess and and, and totally. move on yeah absolutely <laughs> and take the rhymes out or yeah. take, or break the form right. if it's not working. Um, and, and maybe sometimes it will work. So yeah, I think I think it's great to like challenge yourself. Yeah. This moment of spring, the raid on the roaches and the white powder on fire. This moment, I don't think I've ever seen that sort of image exactly in a poem before. I just keep coming back to that moment. It's both so mundane and almost domestic and yet so violent and vivid. Um, it's like a real power of this poem, how those images are treated. And I think, um, I like that you mentioned that because I think that's one of the things he does, he does really well is, um, like uh, kind of focusing in, like going in, like with a type of microscope, right? Um, he has this other poem about like helping his grandmother smoke, <laughs> And like blowing the smoke in and something about that where it's like, oh, that's, you know, there's a meaning, but there's also this, this odd or, or it's, it's, there's something about it that makes you kind of take a second look or, or re, like what's happening here yeah. again. Yeah. There's something about the language that like, it kind of lulls you into something, right? Cause I think to your point with those lines in particular, I don't know that I had noticed, but it seems so easy I think there's a risk in what he's actually saying, which is that like comparing, you know, the people on the block to cockroaches effectively, mm -hmm. right? That like when the police roll around, everyone scrams like cockroaches. Is yeah, I think what those lines are saying, fair. right? Yeah, and that's fraught. But yeah, absolutely. Just like that metaphor alone, but like the language actually almost made, the language made it so I didn't notice that that's what comparison was sort of <laughs> happening. And there's like, I there's so, that's so um, insidious and like a, it's just like really provocative. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and wow. it's and it's making the self the police in that metaphor too. So it's like very implicating of the self, which is probably why it works. Yeah. I was looking at thinking about like how what really why um he was having the same kind of word repeated over and over, like again, like you know, raided, raid, um added, um aided. And looking at again those that collapse of the the roaches to the people on the block, but also like the macaw also being blue, like police officers, right. mm -hmm. and then him wanting to tie the the the, blur, the bird to the post, mm -hmm. which is like representing him wanting to tie control the police officers, right? Mm -hmm. So that collapse of everything happening, it's it's so it's almost easy to miss, right? And yeah. that adding to the surrealism of you know I'm constantly in this loop of wanting to have control over something, right? So it makes sense to have these raided and raid and aided and add, right? It makes sense to have the partition of these words to want to have control over something, mm -hmm. and then that control breaks yeah. at the end because everything happened. Everything's over at the end because it's over, right? Yeah. And so that makes sense for have to break it at the very end. Yeah, I it's, like that a lot. And I, I think it actually like the implication there too you know, the critique that we were all sort of talking about, like, it's great that rhyme is back, right? Like, the critique is like, the rhyme announces itself too loudly or whatever, right? Like, this poem's doing that, right? This poem is, like, very much announcing the rhyme so loudly that, like, you actually don't notice some of the, like, trickier things, which is, it's that. It's like, what is it actually saying? And underneath it, like, the wildness of the metaphors, right? And the, and the like, the, I think bravery to sort of tie those things together to like actually say some of the things that he's saying underneath um the rhyme is like really 
I think that's like a really clever use of rhyme. You think the rhyme's like this Trojan horse that he's totally. riding the material exactly. in on and being like, oh, look at this it's horse. It's kind of sing-songy. It's, it's like pretty language, <laughs> yeah. but like underneath yeah. it is this really sort of like indicting like And um, getting back to, I think, like the raid and the control, right? And who has control? And I'm thinking about this being a childhood memory and a child division when a ch- oftentimes a child doesn't have very much control and 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 is you know they're observing these things coming on um, are going on and you know wanting to something to happen or not happen wanting to have that bird or or be closer to it or to see all this um you know, and in, you know the the poem like really encapsulates that desire. So the, I think like the wild. We were talking about that wildness mm-hmm. there and that desire for this this um, the spur that's sort of out of place. Yeah, it is very childlike, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it, almost like as a child's eye, which also maybe the sing song sort of rhyminess <laughs> yeah. of it too, mm-hmm. like sort of underscores. Can we talk about my favorite part in the poem now? Sure. <laughs> Okay, so this part where it says, the owner stated, my pit bull's gonna eat your face if I catch you here again. The bird ate it. Line break. The medley of banana and guava. Like how deft and tricky that double meaning of it where you're like, the bird ate his face. Right. Like, what the fuck? And, but like, I, I feel so tricked and yet so satisfied by the false reading mm-hmm. that I'm compelled to do first before the truth is unveiled and how the syntax is accomplishing that, the line break is accomplishing that. I, I just found that a really satisfying and surprising moment. And I think that kind of adds to like a certain fun or wordplay, you know, where like this isn't like, it's not like it's a happy poem, mm. but it, it, it kind of adds a play to that it's very vibrant and alive this poem yeah yeah it seems like really invested in sort of slippage right Mm -hmm. like it's so easy to with the like concurrent the repetitive like a sound right the almost rhymes even like using added as the end of uh instead of an like the a sound it's just so it's like a slippery memory also, right? I, and I think that, like that's part of what works so well. There's like a slippery quality to the language that really reinforces the the relationship of the eye to the memory, right? Yeah, and that first line just announces that so clearly with to be a traitor is to trade. Um, it's like traitor with a T versus traitor with a D. Um, it's punning. It's, it's beginning the poem in a space of verbal play and like really dark, intense material. Yeah, there's so much um, like maybe shame to shame on like enjoying beauty in the poem, right? Mm-hmm. And thinking that I can't, I can't behold the bird something beautiful because I'm gonna be a traitor because mm-hmm. it's so like these police officers blue, right? And so like feeling ashamed to withhold beauty and to admire something feels so very true, right? Um, Especially if you're like, you know, if you're in a hood and like you can't love certain things or, you know, like certain things or like certain colors even, right? So I can't love this thing because it's, it's automatically going to be tied to people who have oppressed us, people who have mm-hmm. caused violence on us. And that seems very, very um, kind of stunning in a way, right? Um, even the title, like, Birds of a, of a Legal Trade, like, 
and macaws are like illegal to trade, right? Mm-hmm. Macaws are very beautiful birds. And so like it feels all very, just, everything's just really just collapsing on each other at every aspect and every mm-hmm. cup, everything's collapsing, right? Like the idea of royalty and that being tied to the word blue, being tied to a police officer, right? Like, and then also mythologizing police officers, right? In a way, like they're, they're upheld in a way where it's almost like untouchable, right? Mm-hmm. We can't touch mm-hmm. officers because of their stature and their, you know, their, their, their bounds and to the government. And so it's like, putting them on a pedestal, the same as this beauty as a bird, mm-hmm. right? It seems crazy. And the, the line I the line says, I can't, well, I can't, um, the image hasn't faded, right? That alone itself, like, well, what image is you're talking about, right? Is it the police officers? Mm-hmm. Is it this bird, right? It's obviously the bird, but like, <laughs> right, it's the bird. <laughs> but like, still, like having that in the line break is like, whoa, mm-hmm. right? Like from that, from the front yard to the, well, I can't unsee mm-hmm. uh, the mythology of the police officers and the mythology of this bird. It's, it's yeah, it's mm-hmm. great. And there's almost like an argument about the naturalness of it, which I find like particularly disturbing. The naturalness of what? That like the 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 relationship of the police officers to the block, to the people that live on that block, right? Even in using the cockroach and the macaw metaphors, right? There is almost this argument, even just making the police like the beautiful blue macaw. I think you are arguing that there is a natural... Con- that it, there's a natural condition wherein people are policed, hmm. right? And I think, like, but the macaw is there via illegal trade. I feel like the poem saying the macaw shouldn't be in this house. Oh, I think that might be right. <laughs> For sure, that's probably multiple readings. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the, well, but then like tying the macaw to the post, right? Is maybe the maybe the struggle between the two, right? is like what is brought there sort of illegally, how is it allowed to be natural, and then what is like our impulse to tie it down? But I think you're onto something that this this community, like there's, there's, there's something being said that this community, there are police, there there are, there is this this force that's here, and that is this tension here, right? Mm-hmm. Between, and they are not us, they yes. are, you know what I mean? There's something to be marveled at almost, yeah. right? Like, like the, that, they, that they don't belong in a certain respect, but like they're here and mm-hmm. they have some authority, obviously, just by their, their presence and... I don't know, there's probably something about beauty in there that oh, I can't stop thinking about these lines now, Luther, that you brought them up that I felt like a traitor just to behold it and thinking about identity and like to embrace certain identities. Like if, if this kid's growing up in a place where like, you know, you gotta be hard, like therefore to behold beauty, to appreciate certain types of beauty. Something that feels antithetical. Yes, yes. And fun and out of place and... Not necessary for survival. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking... Sorry, go ahead. No, please. And then the flip side is like the kind of like idolizing cruelty. Like I think of Lucille Clinton's cruelty about her killing roaches, right? And Mm -hmm. like her saying like, now I kill these roaches that I know my power on walking to a room. It's like the same thing like really like placing cruelty on a pedestal but not mm-hmm. placing beauty like but then downplaying beauty it's interesting that conversation between the two i think mm-hmm. thank you to cassandra for hanging out and popping bottles with us and thank you to you beautiful listeners for inviting us into your ears if you're into what we're doing and you haven't hit that subscribe button, uh, what are you waiting for? Do that. Hit it. Do that. Like ASAP. 
hit that. And while you're at it, drop us a quick five-star rating, which will help other folks who are searching for poetry podcasts find us. Lastly, follow us on Twitter at Poet Salon Pod and send along your questions, your musings, favorite poems, hot, petty takes, etc. to thepoetsalonpod at gmail.com. Auf Wiedersehen. Oh. this, gonna show you these hands, gonna take on these streets, gonna show you who's man's, cause my crew mob steady, Feddy and spaghetti, Feddy and spaghetti, Feddy in the.